You're listening to a Monkey Buns production. Hi everyone, it's me Alfie. Hey, you're listening to Alfie Pod's Fantasy Footy and it feels like an eternity since I last put one of these out. It was actually, I think, at the turn of the year, January the 5th or something like that. And uh, I don't know about you, but January was the longest month in my lifetime. And uh, things are difficult at the moment for everyone. We're all fighting our own battles. Hope you're doing well in yours. And uh, I can't wait for the pubs to open. Can't wait for stuff to open in general. I actually had a craving for a fun fair the other day. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? Take this things for granted. Anyway, fantasy footy. Yeah, um, I'm not going to lie. I did fall out of love with football for a bit. It's a very strange feeling to have something that is basically with you your whole life. And I'm not the youngest of persons these days. Uh, more of a family member than anything is football. But uh, I think there's too much on at the moment. And uh, if you don't have the other things to balance it out and distract, I think it becomes a bit aggressive. A bit, no, oppressive. That's the word. Oppressive. Uh, but if you're all enjoying it, that's great. You enjoy it for me. Keep things floating. I'm glad everyone there in the FPL community and the football community is still keeping things going. So that's good to hear. And I'm sorry for my absence. Just, you know what? Life. Life gets in the way of stuff. And it's all going to be all good. I'm joined today, of course, by Jordi, Will and Matt. Oh, I do swear a bit in this. I say the F word a bit. I think that's my new 2021 thing. So uh, if you're not into that, you know, watch out. Oh, or just don't listen. That simple. Uh, so we talk about today. Uh, not only do we do a bit of a catch up, we talk about the upcoming game week, of course. But the is the fact that there's a double game week with Man City, Everton, Fulham, and Burnley. Um, got double game weeks. Um, we also touch upon Chelsea and new reformed Chelsea and what that can bring to fantasy league in terms of. We all touches upon how Tuchel Tuchel has changed the way his players cross the ball and stuff, the positions of the crosses and stuff like that, which sounds boring when I say it, but Will makes it more interesting. He also talks about how bonus points are affected by that as well. Can't beat that, can you? Anyway, I'll be back at the end, of course, uh, just to see things out for more more high-level chat from me. Enjoy. Jordi, hi Jordi, from the Netherlands in full lockdown and Hello, snow. Uh, we have from Ireland, Matt, boasting the cup in full lockdown and in hey, some sort of snow. How's it going? Um, both having a shit time, yeah, in your respective countries. Meanwhile, calling all the way from Colombia, <laughs> tropical <laughs> Colombia, with temperatures of 35, should we say? No, 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 mid-20s. Mid-20s. Oh, yeah. that's appalling. It's Will. It's Hi, Will. summertime. <laughs> We're lucky to get that in our summertime. <laughs> so my first question to you all, does anyone remember how to do this? Because I haven't done this. I never what did. <laughs> I never did. Did not have to do FBI. <laughs> <laughs> Last time we spoke maybe was the 6th of January or around that time. Um, 
me personally, January, my I have no idea where my brain's been at. I've, I'm not even sure I'm the same person anymore. And football, we went from isn't football great to fucking stop making me watch football. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> that's how I felt. Um, is there too much football on at the moment? I mean, I've got a confession to make. I've actually stopped watching every match. I now, <laughs> yes, I now watch maybe only eight matches out of ten <laughs> each game week. <laughs> Whereas from June, I just watched everything, but I just couldn't take it anymore. I needed the odd break. Yeah, it's that is intense. true. It's intense. I think um, I'm definitely healthier. I just, I just miss it just being on one day. To be honest, if it was on one day, I'm think I'd love it. Yeah, spread out. It's making it worse. Yeah, mm. yeah. Also, because in FPL, you are constantly watching standings the rankings and yeah you, you, you fall one day 100k and then you, you rise 100k the next yeah. yeah well let's talk about fpl ranking then do you know what there's been a couple of weeks where i i looked and i was like oh i've got two transfers i didn't even know <laughs> um but that uh, ironically since we stopped podcasting together and since i stopped caring and since i stopped listening to Yordi, uh, <laughs> i've done very well I've, I've, there's, there's a, the, the comeback <laughs> is on. Ironically or coincidentally. No one, no, one, no one ever told you to listen to me anyway. So, <laughs> But yeah, no, I'm joking, of course. Out of respect, you did it, Jordi. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yes, so this week, uh, I think personally I shot over shot over average. I think got 68. How did we all do? Jordi, you, uh, you're on a bit of resurgence, aren't you? I had a, I had a good game week, yes, definitely. I had uh, 87 points in the end. Oh, wow although, uh, yeah although i'm still i'm always moaning so yeah. I, I brought in uh, antonio rudiger and he scored he was the only one blanking for me scored yeah. no goals so, you cursed him yeah it wasn't much in it that was your fault and my uh, my captain scored a goal that was quite a miracle because i haven't had a captain's goal for 10 game weeks oh so, really 10 uh, I just, I just yeah i just worked it out and my Captain scored an average uh, three and a half points since game week 13. Wow, that is That's pretty cool, isn't it? So <laughs> who, your captain was Bamford, I'm guessing, yes? Yes. yes. Well, Only six at... points in, in the end, also a bit underwhelming maybe, but it's better than I, uh, than I used to have. Yeah, it's funny because uh, looking at your team, it doesn't quite look like an 87-point team. Uh, but I suppose you've got Martinez, nine points. and Well, Timo Werner scored uh, 10 points. Yeah. So like, uh, yeah. Oh, I wouldn't have picked that. Uh, I, like the, I like the West Ham double at the back. I like that. Yeah, well, they are. They will both, both probably be on my bench next game week at home to Sheffield United. But that's good. I think looking at your squad now there, Jordi, um, this is what I try to do with mine. I think I've done it with some successes, oh. just have enough players that you can just rotate round for different fixtures rather than have a shit bench with players yeah, you're never going to play. But, it's, but it's, it's, it's still tough when you, uh, when you look at your bench and you think, oh, I might as well play him or him. I, I, I want to play everyone this week. My bench will probably be Bamford, Kufal, Dawson, both against Sheffield United and uh, Martinez against Brighton. Well, you did pretty well with the bench. You chose the right bench this week, that's for sure. Saka, Cancelo and Stones. Not bad at yeah, all. I got lucky. I got lucky with Saka because I benched him because of uh, the rumors for Matt. Oh, dog, stop! So uh, we haven't heard from your dog for a long time. So <laughs> it's a welcome, welcome return. Uh, Matt, how did you fare this week? 
Um, I got 70 points, which is decent enough, you know. Um, oh it was God. a very small, a very small green arrow. Um, so it was kind of a a game week of positives and negatives. Um, you know, the transfers I did, I took out Sterling, but I put in Son and captained them. Yeah, you did well. Um, so there's a slight gain there. Um I did I I, I was Needed to do a defensive transfer because I didn't like my my back line. And it was either Ben May with the double game week in mind, or I was going to get Rudiger, who scored the on goal. So, I mean, even with Ben May's one point, I was better off than Rudiger. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but you uh, did leave Matt Target on the bench, I see. I, I did, and I left Ollie Watkins. Um, it, it's the whole Suchek bench him or play him dilemma, and it's another week where I, I decided incorrectly. Um Played him and he got a he got a red card of all things, thanks to Mike Dean. And, uh, yeah, uh, can we talk about that? Will you saw that, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, is that not the worst? Like, so I've been watching football a long time, not as long as Will, obviously, because he's much older than me. He's about twenty years older than me. <laughs> bastard! I'm just a bit bitter because you're in Colombia. <laughs> but I have to say, in terms of the fact that now they have VAR. If you if you uh, put all the factors together, I think that's probably the worst refereeing decision I've ever seen. The fact that no one thought it was a sending off, no one in the game was even bothered about it being looked at. He goes over to look at it. He can he's looking at the same fucking thing we're looking at, and he decides it's a sending off. It's just unbelievable. I was watching it with my well, I wasn't watching it with my fiance. My fiance was sitting beside me, and she hates football, has no interest in it. And of course, you know, West Ham get a last minute free kick. And I said, oh, I'm pointing that suit check. And I'm going, okay, you see this guy here? Okay, if this guy scores, I get points in my team. And she's kind of just watching me going, okay, right, fair enough. And then next of all, Mike Dean blows up, stops the play. And, uh, you know, she goes, well, what's he doing? I was like, I, I think your man just hit off with his elbow. Like, you know, happens all the time, like, or whatever. And she goes, why is he going over to the screen? Like, is he, I goes, I don't know why he's going over to the screen. Um and then he's watching it two and three times on the screen. So then it long. goes to like so then it goes long. to five and six times. And then like it, it, he must have watched it about maybe twelve times on the screen on loop. And I'm gone. I, I he's gonna send him off. I, I yeah. like I knew when he was taking that long. I go, I, I can't believe this. He's gonna send them off like last minute in the game. Okay, fair enough. He might have scored, but you know he's, he's West Ham's main threat on, on set pieces. And when you've got a last minute free kick, anything can happen. But like oh, I couldn't believe it. And then it's just so disappointing. And then it gets rescinded and it's like, well, I'm still, you know, still with zero. In yeah, my I want FPL my points team. back. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Give me my points That's back. That's the most important thing. Fuck Suchek and the rules of the game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but honestly, the the Batnarek one was really awful too. Well, I did actually, confession, I didn't actually see this one. So can you talk me through it? It, it was just a dive from Marshall mm. and I think everyone could see it. It was, it was going down and uh, he immediately after he went down he immediately went to sit on his knees with his head down and he knew what he did he knew that he was wrong and then Mike Dean goes over to the screen just like the Sushek one and he, he watched it like four or five times and he still gives a red card it was amazing but why why are they doing it because the Sushek one for me it was obvious for anyone with a brain that he was lifting his arm up to almost move it over, who was it, Mitrovic's head, wasn't he? He's like, oh, get out of the way. Yeah. But apparently it's because his fist was clenched. I mean, fuck off. That is just ridiculous. I'm glad he should be sacked. Mike, what's his name? Mike Dean, is it? He should be fucking sacked. 
You can't be that shit at your job. If you go to um, Transfer Market and you look at uh, the record matches and you go to matches with most penalties, and this is, you know, Premier League all time, and four of them are Mike Dean. Oh, sorry, three of them are Mike Dean. Three wow. of the top ten are Mike Dean. He just loves giving penalties. He loves the cards, attention on himself. Kind of stuff. Didn't he have the record for the most yellow cards and stuff like that? Oh, he probably does, yeah. And it was documented and he was all like, <laughs> loving yeah. it. I mean, it so clearly wasn't a red card, the Suchet one, and, and I agree the Bednar one too. So it's weird. It's, I don't know. We don't, there's something has to be, someone has to have a word with him because it's, it's, there are a couple of refs who are a bit worse than the others and they make everyone mm. else look bad, you know, because yeah. mm. everyone will just go, VAR is terrible. Well, it wasn't really VAR. It was just Mike Dean making an awful decision. It's not VAR, is it? Because. <laughs> VR did its job by saying, look at it. And he just go, he should say, oh yeah, that's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I hear people saying, you know, well, VAR gives them the opportunity to, uh, you know, make the mistake, review and, and make the mistake. But like, I mean, at the same time, you should, <clears throat> you should be competent enough at your job to review it and see, you know, okay, I made a mistake. And I think with a lot of referees, there's a bit of an ego problem. You know, they don't mm. want to admit their, their, their mistake. Um, mm. So I don't know. I, I mean, whenever you hear of a of a of a match and and the talking point is the referee, it's more than likely going to be Mike Dean. Like he he just seems to love the the spotlight being on him or the the you know the attention. Um, I don't know whether it's intended or whether he does it on purpose, whether he's just a bad referee or I, I don't know. But I mean, we've seen it. I think that I mean we're talking about like you know um, how we're all a little bit fed up with the football, with so much football. It could be just the case that. There's no fans. There's a lot of mistakes being made. It just kind of sucks the, the the passion and the bit of fun out of it now at this stage coming into the new year. And maybe Evans just feels a little bit deflated. But um, I mean, certainly we've seen it so much this season. Like we, we think that with the technology, all these errors are going to be cut down and stuff. Now, no one's saying you're going to get them 100% right. But even with the technology, I think there's a lot that they're still messing up on, you know, from balls gone out of play for throw-ins that are, you know, so obviously I'll play or, you know, instances of diving that's so obvious or, you know, it's just frustrating. Very, very frustrating. Matt's right about the ego thing. I think I remember it was um, Graham Scott as the other referee. I personally don't, I think he has that issue. There was the uh, Spurs versus Brighton game. Not that I'm biased in this game, but Trossard fouled, uh, I think it was Heiberg before Brighton then went on and scored. And it was a clear... He clearly fouled him. It was from behind. He goes over and has a look at the screen. He looks at it for a while and he says, no, that's not a foul. And it's like, well, and it was, it's that thing of it's that ego thing. At the same time, you, know, you hear reports of referees receiving death threats and stuff like that. And it's like, come on, it's, you know, it is a game of football after all. It's not, it's, yeah. it's important, but it's not, you don't start doing that kind of stuff. And if, if a couple of referees are, in Maybe fairness, well, that was just once and it was because it was a Bruno Fernandes decision. It only happened once on my behalf. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and also, what I don't understand about the death threats is that, I mean, I'm really struggling to find it hard. I'm finding it really hard to get impassioned about football. So for people to offer death threats yeah, at this, yeah. Or, I mean, what would they be like in normal life? Just blow up, wouldn't they? I don't know. Spontaneously combust. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck you, my team! But yeah, poor decisions. Uh, poor decisions. Yeah, awful stuff. Awful stuff. And the David, the David Louise one was pretty. I I've watched it so many times. I'm 
they were like, yeah, well, you did touch. I was like, I'm not listening to commentators anymore because I'm watching this and I'm thinking, why has he got to get sent off? I'm, I'm really confused by that. And uh, but at the same time, David Louise, so he gives a fuck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fucking. Crap. And there, you know, the old time VI helps out. There was a case of mistaken identity, wasn't there, with the with the yellow cards recently? So they sent mm. the right player off, and VI helps with that. You know, it's not like it's universally terrible, but um, it's certainly they describe it as an evolving process. What was it? Peter Kraut said something. It wasn't the ref was talking about. Um, they were on the BT Sport, and they were saying, should it be a uh, should it? Yes, the ref who was explaining the decision. Sorry, I'm getting there eventually. Peter Walton, the ref who was explaining the decision was saying um, it's there to correct clear and obvious errors. And Peter Crouch said, like, "Okay, fine." So it wasn't a clear and obvious error the ref had made. And Peter Crouch was like, "Well, why is it there for clear and obvious errors? Just get it there to make the correct decision. Surely yeah. that's more important." Are you sure he said that? Peter, Peter Crouch. Crouch yeah. I mean, yeah. He's not the most uh, erudite. I know he said person. something interesting for us. And all he just goes, huh, huh, "There's a funny story, right? There's a guy who had a boot on his face." Uh, that's Peter Crouch podcast there for you. Anyway, I was just thinking you better edit it out because I'm not to be watching BT Sport in Colombia. <laughs> Mate, you're not meant to be in fucking Colombia. I don't know why. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> on the Spanish commentary, the uh, the version of Peter Crouch they have here in Colombia said that anyway. Yeah, yeah, uh, very good. I'll put that in. I'll put that in. No, cut it out. Cut it out, please. <laughs> um, I'll get in trouble. Just to finish on the referees, I do find it interesting though. You were talking about their egos and the fact they don't want to re- reverse their decision. But when, for example, Suchek, he's had his suspension rescinded, so it's been overturned anyway. So they could just easily do it on the pitch. I don't know. Uh, let's not talk about referees. Will, you haven't talked about your game week yet. Well, I've got you oh, down for what? 48 I points? Wish <laughs> 48 points. <laughs> I was hoping you'd forgotten about me, Alfie. Well, but you say you you think you've done poorly, but you've kept... Do you know what? You've kept up your standards when it comes to captaining someone. Because you've kept <laughs> Michael Antonio, who, who, did, who scored two points, giving you a grand total of four for your captaincy. <laughs> Calvert Lewin on the bench. Yeah. Why? What was? Yeah, I thought. What was the thinking there? Well, look, I got it right with um, Alexander Arnold on the bench. He got zero points. Yeah, you know, that's great. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. You and did. I thought Calvert Lewin would. Uh, I thought Man United would be good at defending, and they weren't. They were useless, and um, ended up benching Calvert Lewin for his what his second biggest haul of the season or something. Never I mean, bench. Never bench uh, Calvert Lewin. Well, he's normally he's normally just like a six point guy, isn't he? Oh, yeah, it's not it's not about Calvert Lewin. He's never benched an attacker against Man United. Oh, really? Did I fall for the fall for the? I should I started Saka because I thought Matt's thing was a bluff. I thought no, no, I'm going to start Saka over Calvert Lewin. Saka gets two points despite starting. I fell into it, but it kind of got me enough. Kind of worked out well, <laughs> for you, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> See, even when I'm lying, I always put your I, your trust in me. I honestly, <laughs> yeah. I honestly didn't know who to bench otherwise. Yeah. yeah, but that was, that was strange because, um, I mean, in the past, the uh, the whole Bib Terry thing has been fairly reliable. And, I mean, Saka was the only one, like, li- literally the whole starting 11 were, were training in Bibs, you know, which suggested William would, would start. And then he was the only one that didn't start. So I'd love to know the whole logic about that in training. Maybe he didn't think he looked sharp or... So did know. you, Matt? Maybe he had a was, small injury or something. That, this this information did it come from someone, or was, were you? Is this your information that you passed on? No, to no, you? no. There's a guy on Twitter. Um, 
he he posts up uh, Arsenal training pictures and there's the official photographer uh, Stuart McFarland who has his uh, image get you so you can find the rest of them. The, the guy who posts Twitter <clears throat> the training picks up. He won't put the whole list of them out. He'll put a, a select few. So it just means that they're available and you can go to the, the main photographer's site and, and find who trained and who didn't train. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, there was the whole starting 11, you know, the defence was pred- predictable, the midfield was predictable. And then it was just, you know, the front three was supposed to be Lacazette, um, Pepe and William. Um, Saka wasn't wearing a bib. And then the teams are announced and Saka is the only one who's, you know, who starts who wasn't wearing a bib. I, lo- so I, I love no it. Idea. I love it. That is just such. It just goes to show you the extremes people will go to on FPL to gain an advantage. <laughs> We've now reached yeah, have bibs. You, have you not gone to Getty Images and like scroll through trading photos just to see if one of your no. players might be fit? And he could be obscured by another player. So you have to be really. You have to. It's yeah. more detective work. <laughs> you're looking at the boots and you're trying to find out if like the blur in the background is like Harry Kane or something. Yeah. Like that that other guy who posted up. Um, you know, before the Tottenham lineup, uh, yeah, the boots I, I, in the local, yeah, yeah. on Mourinho's um, uh, Instagram page. You know, he had a picture of the dressing room and all the boots were mm. laid out, and someone, you know, eagle-eyed saw that Harry Kane's boots were amongst them. Interesting. You know, he matched it up to a previous picture. So, yeah, I mean, little nuggets of information like that are kind of handy to have if you you kind of follow the right accounts and stuff. I find it a little bit difficult sometimes to distinguish between Zinchenko and Kevin De Bruyne. That's the only one that gets me when I go through the Man City ones. Hiya. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I'm just interrupting in the middle uh, because normally on the podcast you have like a jingle here and I think about making a jingle and it normally just says like, you are listening to Alfie Pod's Fantasy Footy. But I just thought I'd just come on and say, you're listening to Alfie Pod's Fantasy Footy. And uh, so now you know. Good. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe if you're liking this podcast. I know it sounds silly and everyone says it, but you've got to do it because it helps me a lot, a lot more than you could know. Because, uh, you know, times are hard. So if you wouldn't mind it, or just tell someone, that'd be good. Alternatively, if you just want to send me money, do that. That's probably easier. Cut out the middleman. Bras, I'll take bras. Um, not, if you're going to send knickers, not dirty ones, clean, because then I can sell them on eBay. Actually, maybe the dirty ones are better to sell on eBay. <laughs> Thank you, plan. Anyway, let's get back uh, to the fantasy footy. You haven't tuned in for this shit, have you? No. Uh, yeah, Matt's going to disappear soon. That, that's basically it. But we're coming up to lots and lots of interesting more stuff. Don't go anywhere. Oh, what I will say is, have we... I think I'm right in saying this. Have we all got Bruno Fernandes in our team now? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's happened, yeah. The one thing I'll say about Antonio... I just say Antonio. <laughs> well, hang on, XG. you don't want to talk about him, mate. I just want to defend the Antonio Cazzi. Best XG over the last six game weeks, six matches, you know. He's ace. And against against a Fulham defence that was relapsing and conceding chances. And I'm thinking, this is Norwich all over again. And then he's fatigued. And it's like, oh, great. Tell us he's yeah, fatigued. Yeah, they are working. So what was his XG against Fulham? In the end. I didn't check against Fulham, but in the in the lead up to Fulham, he had the best XG of any player over the previous yeah, six I matches. Um, against Fulham, it was zero because he didn't have a shot. Yeah. <laughs> We've been here before with Timo Werner, haven't we? With the XG, well, Timo Werner had a high XG in the match. That was just poor finishing. He had like a one point seven five XGI in the game and came away with nothing. Whereas, anyway, we can move on now. 
<laughs> Mate, I think it was a good choice. I, that, yeah. That's football. That's Football is in the hands of the gods. You don't know what's happened. Could be sending off, could be early goal. Like you say, could just pick up a little niggle in injury. He does work really hard. The thing about Antonio, he's always involved in every attack they have. So oh, yeah. it's a numbers game. It's the reason I picked up Neto is because I think anything Wolves do attacking-wise, he's there. He's there. So... Right, okay, next week then, next game week, we are on to now game week 24. And in this game week, there Little are two week. extra fixtures. Two yeah. extra fixtures. And those two extra fixtures are, of course, Burnley against Fulham and Everton against Man City. A Burnley double game week. You've gone for Ben Mee, Matt. Yeah, um, I see a, it's more out of fear. I had no intention of really of getting Burnley players in. But, I mean, so many people are going to have Nick Pope. I even see some people contemplating captaining him for the, the game week. Uh, I don't I like know whether it. that's true that's or not. Insane. That's good. Yeah, but I, I think if you don't have a Burnley defender and they do, at they at least keep a clean sheet, I think in particular this game week, you know, it could put a little bit of a dent in the game, in, in the, the rank. Um, not, not much, mm. but, yeah, I mean, I had... <sighs> I had to take out John Stones as the only drawback to get Ben Mee because I wasn't overly wasn't overly positive on City's defence. I thought Liverpool were going to do quite well, and then I thought Tottenham with Kane back might be a bit of a trouble, you know, cause a bit of a problem for City. And then you know, a couple of days later, Everton, who can be a tricky side. So I'm, I'm you know, the only player at the moment I have is Diaz for City. But I think I'm going to get rid of Son and get uh, Gundogan in. Um, I, I could get Sterling, but Gundogan looked really, really good. He's on pen. Well, he, he may be still on penalties. Um, Sorry, mate, can looks- I just interrupt you for a second there? I thought I just heard you say you're going to get Gundogan in. Yeah, yeah. After, I'm pretty after- sure, pretty sure <laughs> a few weeks ago, probably the last time we did this podcast, you were like, to be honest, mate, I don't think you should get Gunny in. Not sure. No. I mean, 5.5, is he going to do anything? Wow, he does look good, I, though, doesn't he? I was very, very wrong, and, I, and I'll definitely admit that I was. Uh, I, I definitely no. underestimated how how good he was going to be without Kevin De Bruyne there. Um, yeah, you know, is it is it not? Am I right in saying? Remember, wasn't last season the season before when they really smashed the league and De Bruyne was out for ages? He really stepped up then as well. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was this kind of narrative when when De Bruyne got injured that you know City were going to struggle and you know. Fair enough, it was, I think it was two seasons ago, maybe three at this stage, where De Bruyne had his big injury. And, you know, they, they didn't show any signs of slowing up. They were scoring just as many goals without him. Uh, maybe didn't look as good, on as sharp on paper, maybe. But, you know, they got the results, and that's all that really matters from an FPL point of view, um, that, you know, that the points are coming in. So, I mean, looking at um, Gundogan, you know, he's... He, he, He's probably the most forward. I haven't looked at uh, position maps at the moment, but just from the eye test, you know, he gets into the box so often. Yeah, he does. Um, you know, the City fullbacks, do we, or the City defensive line, do be pushed up so much that, uh, you know, he doesn't really need to be as defensive with De Bruyne on the field. He nearly overlaps whoever's playing striker at times. And yeah, I mean, for his price, six million... It, it, it frees up so much cash for further double game weeks down the line to get the heavy hitters in. So He did very much pass the eye test against Liverpool, but he wasn't in the previous two matches. Mm. And I think it's something that depends. You know, if they start a centre-forward, if they start Jesus, then 
Gundogan, uh, Gundogan sends us drop a bit deep. I think he had like an XG of 0.03 in the match before the Liverpool game. So I was very happy with, um, you know, I'm in the Sterling camp. I was thinking Sterling's always going to be involved, whether Jesus plays or whether he doesn't play, he's going to be getting into the box and getting chances, where it seemed to be formation dependent with Gundogan. But it was interesting against Liverpool, because even after Jesus came on, he still was anticipating those late runs into the box. I do think mm. you'll get a feast and famine with him. I think you'll get some matches where he gets into the box and really threatens and does very well, and others where he's more a creator, staying deeper and playing passes through. And he was a brilliant, um, you know, he can be brilliant in that when he's playing from a deeper position. But I wouldn't, I don't expect the goal threat to be there in every game. How many goals is he on now? Three, six or seven, is he? I don't know. For the season, he's on nine. Wow. Well, yeah. exactly. Like, there's a lot of players. Like, isn't Suchek on 10 or something like that? Suchek is like, on 8, I think. But that, it's like some players, I mean, Bamford, there's a lot of players who are scoring a lot of goals who realistically have gone past their ceiling already. Yeah. Does, I, I, does that mean they're going to stop or? I, I think the issue is that we're so used to, you know, trying to maximise our 100 million budget that we feel like we have to cram in the expensive players mm. where... This season, a lot of the more affordable players are consistently delivering sometimes better than the more expensive players. Um, like especially Bamford, you know, we know we know Leeds aren't gonna win every game that they go out and attack every game. We you know we know they're gonna play the way Leeds play. But the way Leeds play is they score a lot of goals and Bamford's kind of central to that. So yeah, he's a she's I mean, it was like watching Michu play, he even wears the gloves and he has the white on the white jersey, like you know, uh Similar mm. hairstyle, maybe. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good value picks. And um, I think it was uh, a guy, actually, now another Irish guy, um, uh, FPL strategist, he put up, um, you know, I can see the the most successful people over the next game weeks, the ones with, you know, six and eight million in their, in their bank. And, you know, that could be right. It might just be a case of not looking to get in a premium player, like, like not looking to get in, you know, Aubameyang or Sterling over the likes of Gundogan just because of the price difference. Um, so maybe that's something we, we have to look at. It's, it's something I'm considering now because um, like I said, I have the money to get Sterling in, but I do feel like Gundogan is going to be a better pick. Um, we can see that Mendy struggling and I, this my logic because I think when Mendy doesn't play for City, Sterling plays very, very wide. Um, I'm not saying that yeah. means he's not going to score, but I don't see him as threatening at times. I mean, the, the City front four are so fluid that, you know, he's going to be in the box at times. He's going to look like he's playing striker. But I think in general, without Mendy on the pitch, Sterling kind of has a, a responsibility to offer that with at times. And he's quite far away from the goal. Because the, 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 whoever plays left back comes into that midfield role, didn't they? Yeah. And I think, Zin- midfield. I think Zinchenko, especially, we know how Pep likes to use him. Um, you know, he, he kind of, tucks inside he's kind of an inverted fullback or wingback whatever you want to call it. so that means someone has to go out left and if Sterling's playing left it's usually him that goes out left whereas with Mendy being a more player who kind of hugs the touchline that allows Sterling to tuck inside now I know it's not it, it, it's not gospel you know like I said with how fluid they no, play I think it makes sense yeah but I think as long as Mendy's out, out of that side I think I'd stay clear of Sterling in an ideal world I'd love Aguero to be fit and you know just get him and forget about him. But uh, yeah, I, I think Gundogan and just to have the money there if needed for other game weeks is is probably my... Exceptional value. It's exceptional yeah, value. Yeah, absolutely. So Matt, so I know you're probably going to have to leave us soon. So um, before you do go, who's your captaincy going to be this week? 
Um, I, I think it's whoever I bring in for Man City. Um, at the moment, it's looking like Gundogan. I don't think I'm going to go back to Sterling because it leaves me with very little in the bank to play around with down the line. So I think it's going to be Gundogan. Just plain and simple, kind of plain vanilla Gundogan. <laughs> Gunny. I like to call him Gunny. It's fine. You're not tempted by a Burnley defender? Uh, yes, but... I, I remember it, it kind of gives me um, vibes of uh, uh, Lewis Dunk. Uh, yeah, Shane Duffy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shane Duffy, um, where, where everyone kind of jumped on Shane Duffy. And uh, did he come away with one point or something? Or Yeah, I, I think they lost 5 0 to Bournemouth that, that game week. Yeah. And they conceded the goal against Cardiff or something. Yeah, I, I, I think I I'm going to go with I the. I catted them too that week. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean this is the old thing isn't as you guys always used to say fixture versus form i mean if you look at the fixtures you think yeah burnley burnley two clean sheets but are they at that stage of their season yet i'm I'm not sure they necessarily no, I'm not are. Sure. I and if you're not sure it doesn't feel good does it really yeah. to do well, that? i was gonna say I, I mean if city can knock four past liverpool at anfield no disrespect will but i, I know Mourinho is going to kind of sit back and kind of grind it out. I'm not expecting it to be a high-scoring game there. But I think where the advantage will come in will be in the second game of the double game week because if you look, um, Everton actually have a, a day less to kind of prepare for the City game. Um, Everton play on the Sunday and then they play again on the Wednesday, I think, whereas City play on the Saturday. So they've given an extra game and it goes the same way for Burnley. Um, Fulham play on the Sunday and then both teams play again on the Wednesday. So... I think in the second game, we might see a better game for both teams. I'm expecting the City-Spores game to be very, very tight. Maybe I don't know, maybe 1-0 City would be the safe bet. I think the Everton game would be a lot more open, would be a lot more um, higher scoring of the two. See, I, I, is it not worth focusing on Southampton at the moment because they're massively depleted, their side? So is it not worth, like, I don't know, uh, Wolves... I mean, the problem with Wolves for me is that they don't seem like they're full of goals. But Scummers, sorry, Southampton, uh, look like they're in a bit of trouble at the moment. But they have they have a couple of players back, I think, in the in the FA Cup. Or are they out of FA Cup? I don't even know. They won against Shrewsbury. <laughs> Who knows anymore? The fixtures. They do you know what? There's so many results happen. You guys are talking about some results. Yeah. I was like, I have no idea that happened. Like, <laughs> no, but I saw, like Man I United that... didn't play. Who did you say earlier? Man, uh, Man United, Southampton. I have no recollection of that happening. They're trying to erase. Oh yeah, that one. No, well. I remember that one. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that one. No, there was another fixture, and I was like, I don't remember those teams playing. Right, Jordi, who are you who are you looking at this week then? Captaining or bringing in? Bringing in. Well, bringing in. I was. Uh, I plan to bring in Pope actually for his double game week and the West Brom Fixtures game. Fixtures versus Fulham. Yeah, but yeah. I, I already got the uh, Alphonse Areola from uh, Fulham, and he also has a double game week. So, yeah. I was. I plan to bring in Pope uh, this week when I had another look at it. I think there's a, there's a there's a chance that McCarthy gets dropped for Southampton. Yeah, I'm uh, playing Forster. I am. And in that case. In that case, I'm uh, rolling my transfer this week and I'm bringing in Forrester next week for Areola, which gives me another double game week for a goalkeeper and uh, a better team structure because I don't have a wild card left. So if Forrester becomes the first choice goalkeeper for Southampton, then uh, Martinez Forrester double up seems best to go forward for me. 
plus it gives me an extra fixture over bringing in Pope Disney. So you don't fancy any attacking players this week then? Well, I already got Gundogan fixed uh, out of Calvert-Lewin and double City defence. And Bruno. I don't think, yeah, Bruno Rashford also plays West Brom, of course. Uh, Timo Werner, who is, I think, a very good pick for the upcoming two games. I think he will be rested in the cup game against Barnsley. And then it's Newcastle at home. And Newcastle have a very depleted defence. And it's Southampton after, which is a game that should suit him, looking at the home game as well, which he scored twice. So mm. That's quite interesting. Yeah. And uh, Sakai, who plays Leeds. Well, you want an attacker playing Leeds, of course. So I'm pretty much sorted for this week, which is why I was looking at the Burnley defender or goalkeeper. But yeah, if if they keep two clean sheets, well, yeah, you lose a lot, I think. I saw someone uh, putting together the odds on that, and it was below half for one clean sheet, I think, even. Well, maybe just let it roll. Yeah, right. well, I think that's that's the plan. Your team looks in pretty good shape. It's funny, isn't it? You know, you can spend all season thinking, oh, I want to get my squad together, my team, I want it to... And when it does happen, you think, oh, I don't get to make any transfers anymore. <laughs> do, you, uh, do, you, do you guys think uh, it's worth a minus for a hit to bring in uh, Calvert-Lewin for, let's say, maybe Ollie Watkins? No, I wouldn't. Mm. Uh, do you have the wild card left? Um, yeah. And when, yeah, the, issue, the issue is I'm thinking ahead with um, like I don't know what way I'm going to navigate around the blank game week um, obviously we have to wait until we see how the FA Cup games goes but it's saying that there's a decent enough chance that Aston Villa will have games so I'm kind of I'm a bit reluctant to sell my Aston Villa players since I might scrape through the blank uh, the blank game week with them yeah. so I'm thinking just I think I might just leave Calvert-Lewin I think, I think uh I was actually planning to bring in Watkins for game 26 when they have a, a, almost certainly a double, including a, a game against Leeds. And they yeah. have very good fixtures after, so I wouldn't be in a rush to get rid of him. Yeah, as far as not worth the risk. Uh, Will, I've got a question for you. Yeah. This is purely selfish of me because I like Chelsea. I like how Chelsea are looking with a clean shoot front. I've, uh, I've gone for a, a Chelsea core, which I'm not going to keep. I just sort of played with it last week because I had so many transfers left over with Alonso, Rudiger and our jams, Reese James. Uh, how's Re- Have you seen much of Chelsea? Is Reese James looking to become a regular starter? There? Is that looking likely? He got into good positions the other day. Who did they play? Sheffield United. Sheffield United. I don't think he's... I think there's, at the moment, from what we can see, there's rotation because... The manager's come in, new guy. Mm. Um, Reese James's role has changed. I was, I think, which I think is quite interesting. Wing back, no? Well, yeah, but it's not really a wing back. I think this is. I did quite a bit of research into Tuchel systems, so I'm going to talk about that for a moment. It's not that um, they've kind of gone to a three at the back, but it's only because what he used to do was have whoever was the defensive midfielder would drop in and form a back three when they're in possession anyway. So instead of just having that player because maybe Chelsea don't have that player who can distribute the ball well enough from a defensive midfield position so they've kind of got Thiago Silva or Christensen now in that position Um, so they've kind of defaulted to a back three but it's not that different to what he usually does and what's also interesting and this is talking about the role of the of the of the well they're full backs but they're in win back positions 
is he doesn't like his players to cross from wide. So whereas Reese James has got that amazing delivery, what you'll notice is that they'll drive in towards the penalty box and try mm. and cross from, make short, shorter passes within the penalty box, which, you know, officially an opt to definition of a cross is a pass from out wide into the box. You're not getting crosses as such. You're getting passes into the penalty mm -hmm. box. And that's what's um, notable about the way he plays. He tries to get the ball into the penalty box in interesting ways. And the fullbacks will be very involved in that, creating overloads on the opposite side to try and play them in and get the ball across the box, which is a higher goal scoring chance. Um, he creates He creates sort of... Uh, low volume, high quality opportunities, and Reese James is involved in that. I think the reason he's not nailed is that Callum Hunter Nadoy does that role very well as well, mm. because a winger can easily be just as good as driving into the box and playing those short passes, and you don't need a crossing specialist from out wide, which is sort of how I see Reese James. Mm. Then again, Reese James has adapted very well to the new demands put on him, and he's obviously listening to the coach and trying to do well. And he is the naturally more defensive player. So I think it will probably depend on... It'd be slightly horses for courses. You'll pick yeah. which player could play in the right one. It's the same with Alonso and Chilwell. They'll, you'll see them rotating. So the better bets are, you know, if you're looking for a defensive solidity that Rudy got in, you know, shame he got the own goal, but um, I think he's a much mm. safer bet. Aspilicueta is a safer bet. Yeah, Attacking-wise, I think it's very hard to say. Has, uh, one million more expensive than Rudiger. Yeah, so you, I think you, that's... You'd probably go with Rudiger, yeah. Yeah, yeah 4.5, I mean, bargain, right? 4.6 yeah. already. Well, not when I bought him, mate, because I was ahead of the curve. So, it's still very cheap. Have you were rewarded with an own goal. That is true. That is true. Did you see it live? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I almost threw my head through the TV. I saw the goalkeeper coming out, and I was like, no, don't touch it. He just put it past the keeper, and it was going. It's funny because he's been really good on his return. And um, it does make you realise what was going on with Frank there before. Um, I know he, I know Rudiger is German. Yeah, well, apparently... They had and he had some injuries and stuff like that, so it wasn't... Mm. But you never feel like he was being pushed to come back in this idea, but... Yeah, it looks good. Chelsea look good at the moment in terms of fantasy points, I think, because they look like they're going to keep clean sheets and they look like they've got more attacking impetus. So, I mean, rotation's the issue, as you say. We're talking yeah. about it. It's like picking the right players and, and the ones you think are going to play. But I went for Mendy in goal um, a couple of weeks ago. So I looked at a series of fixes they had and I thought, that's great. He'll get some he'll get some clean sheet points. The problem is with a goalkeeper like Mendy is that if they don't keep a clean sheet, he gets two points. If they keep a clean yeah. sheet, it's generally just six points. Yeah, that is and, true. And the Martinez and Pope... Even when they, you know, Martinez didn't get a clean sheet in uh, in 23, and he's still got four points. And when he does get yeah. a clean sheet, he also gets saves and bonus and all this kind of stuff, which is never going to happen with a player like Mendy. So I'm slightly, that was a bum decision. So I think I probably will be doing Mendy to Pope this week, just because, yeah, maybe, maybe Burnley don't keep two clean sheets, but Pope's much more likely to pick up save points. He's also the goalkeeper with the most bonus points just narrowly ahead right. of Martinez. So if they do keep a clean sheet, he'll probably get some bonus and he'll probably get saves because they tend to concede shots. And they tend to, and this is the thing, you know, we've noticed this with Burnley over the past few seasons. They'll aim to concede shots outside the box and those types of shots are easier to save. So if they're, mm. if they're getting, you know, if yeah, they're conceding no shots. Plan, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So you keep it narrow, 
get take long shots and you've got someone like Pope who who make those sorts of saves and just rack up the points. So you don't just have to look at clean sheets when you look at someone like Nick Pope. Whereas if you're looking at Mendy, you're basically just looking at clean sheet points, especially because Tuchel uses possession to defend. So he defends, he defends, mm. stops teams getting chances by keeping the ball. And he has in really, really high possession stats. So we're sort of like 65%. And if you're going to do that, that's just, that'll just suffocate the opposition because they'll never have the, they'll never have the ball and they'll never be able yeah. to create anything. It also means Mendy will never make any save points because he'll rarely have anything to do. Yeah. So yeah. you're just relying on clean sheet points and, from Mendy. And, and to add to that, when Chelsea are the most vulnerable, it's when they lose possession. Absolutely. So yeah. In the, in the, um, uh, transitions in transition sorry and when it's uh, when they get into transition they will probably get into the box so it yeah. will be harder to save for many yeah exactly if you look at them his team still concede a reasonable amount of goals if you look in the past given the quality they're at because like you already says when they do concede the chances they're normally pushed high up and it will be a counter-attacking opportunity or yeah. transition opportunity which is a higher probability of scoring and that's what's happened in the past so it's, we, we may see that to be fair, Chelsea should have kept a clean sheet against Sheffield United. I but... mean, yeah. Silly, wasn't it? Yeah. Silly. Yeah. Rudiger was also on for three bonus points, but... Was he really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you joke. What a nonce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, Will, are you not interested in uh, Werner again? Honestly? <laughs> uh, I'm still trying. I am Will. interested. Hang on, Will. Are you okay to talk about Werner? <laughs> I can right, talk about Werner. Yeah. Um, I am interested... I think he is beginning to look like he's getting his. He's. It's going to take a while for his confidence to come back. You kind of still seen that in some of the first matches, but yeah, it's still rotation and it's still the system that he plays. Yeah, well, so even another point. I just sorry quickly. I just on when he was at Dortmund, uh, Tuchel, um, Abamyang. It's kind of was kind of a cross between Werner and Giroud because Werner's not good in the air, but Abamyang was and is good in the air. So you could kind of have him as that central guy coming short. Mm. You could play the ball into him as well as having his pace on the counter attack because he's so fast. Um, so I'm still trying to work out how Werner is going to be used because I think he, with Tuchel's system, would probably work better off of Giroud or Abraham. Is that best for for Werner? And I'm wondering also. You've got players like Pulisic just you know. He's, who could do that role equally as well. And uh, I'm still waiting to see if Werner really is a long-term fit or if we'll see some rotation there. Um, all right, enough about fucking Chelsea. Arsenal leads, nil-nil or 5-5, five, five. go. I think it'll probably be 5-5. Five, five. I want your opinion. Uh, who do you start, Saka or Rafinha? Saka, right? Saka, yes. My understanding of football this season, I don't know if everyone agrees with this, is that, I like to play players against Leeds because I think there's always goals. Yeah, exactly. It's the same for me. Uh, I have the same dilemma. It's Saka or Benford, yeah. Mm. And in other games, uh, Liverpool, uh, relegation form, of course. Uh, we, sh- oh, we shouldn't be writing off those players yet, surely. They've still got there's still some still some points to be had there. I mean, Alexander-Arnold has been getting best over recent matches. He's been getting into the box one. He put in a lovely cross for Mane uh, against Man City, which Mane really should have done better with. So, I'm thinking that 24 points against Leicester last season, you'll probably remember that fondly. I should maybe start him, but maybe I shouldn't. I don't know. Rafinha on the bench. I don't think he's definitely improving, but I don't think it's worth it to play Alexander-Arnold over Rafinha this week. Um, well, you've made up my mind now. I'm getting definitely getting him in now, Jordi. 
Yeah, well, you can't because I tell you, I tell you what, some players score against certain teams. Uh, one thing, can I add one thing? Because go on then. Um, <laughs> when uh, I think when Salah scored the the one one against City around the 60th minute or so, um, so when when both teams conceded uh, conceded a goal after 60 minutes, uh, Alexander Arnold was on for three bonus points. I think he did create some chances or had a mm. very high pass rate or something. I don't know. But it was definitely a sh- showing of, of him. Well, the, th- the thing with the bonus point system, successful crosses are rewarded within the bonus point system. But unsuccessful crosses aren't punished. Whereas unsuccessful passes are punished. Oh, really? Yeah. Because it re- reduces your pass completion and a and a launch. So if you're playing a ball from deep forwards, if it's not from a wide area, a, a cross is a really specific definition in Opta. It has to be from a wide area. So any long ball up the field, any long mm. pass, that counts as a pass. And your pass completion percentage, which is rewarded in the bonus point system, will suffer if a long pass yeah. isn't completed. Whereas a cross that is unsuccessful does not count within that pass completion setting. So it's not negatively impacted. You can try as many crosses as you want and you won't be punished for them and you'll be rewarded for the ones that are successful. Right. So that's why players like Alexander-Arnold, Reese James, players who cross the ball will tend to do better in the bonus point system. Right, okay. And he has been involved, isn't he? Quite a lot, I thought. He crosses the ball a lot, as I say that that you know that great cross to Mane, successful open play cross. You get one, you get one BPS point, but that's still you know as I say, you're not penalised for them. See bonus points. Told you, I didn't know that. Did you know that? I didn't know that. The crossing thing, and this where to stand. And I did notice the other night when Chelsea played that they were desperate to try and cross the ball from the edge of the 18 yard box to the right, especially where Reese James and. Hudson and Doyle were playing off each other, so that's a thing. But it means they won't get bonus points for crosses. Who knew? We all do now. So thank you very much for joining us again and joining me and listening, taking time to listen. Um, I understand podcasts are very difficult to listen to these days because maybe the commute's not there, etc. Um, but I've found now I'm uh, I've adapted it to walks in the park. Actually, sitting on a bench in a park, I like to sit on a bench and. Uh, people look at me a bit weird because I'm just sort of sitting there still listening to podcasts. But what am I meant to do when I'm listening to a podcast? Move around? No, I want to sit down and enjoy it. Yeah? And it doesn't matter if I haven't got any clothes on. That's irrelevant. People shouldn't be staring at me because I haven't got... It's, and it's too cold. It's too cold to not have... Yeah, okay. I'll put clothes on, all right? So take care of yourselves and each other. Hopefully we'll see... I don't know when the next uh, podcast is going to be... Because, I mean, who knows? Because these game weeks, they come. And it's just so glad we got one. We've got a bit of a gap this week. Nice. Good luck with your game weeks. Good luck with your FPL. Good luck in life. And look after yourselves. Until next time. Magnus, I got to know I got to beat that Magnus.